There are so many storylines to follow uh, as action in Arizona is on the horizon. No storyline may be more important than just how Pedro Grafol will recreate the culture amongst White Sox players and what type of culture is he exactly looking for? Also, Jose Abreu is gone. Who should step up as the leader in 2023? You are locked on White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Socks. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Locked On White Sox is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. MLB clarifies more rules for this upcoming season and extra innings will be extra maddening once again. Pedro Grafal tries to define culture as he explains what his first spring training might look like and without Jose Abreu what player or players should take on the leadership role. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown White Sox. Home opener is under 50 days away. Opening day is 44 days away. First spring training game is 11 days away. And pitchers and catchers report tomorrow with position players reporting on February 20th. Hey, appreciate you passing this podcast along to other White Sox fans in your life. Get in those questions, comments, predictions, wonderings, whatever it may be. Uh, get them into Locked on Socks at Gmail. We'll do our mailbag Wednesday and the next episode. Big thank you to Connor McKnight, who joined me in the most recent Lockdown White Sox episode. Uh, Had some great conversations uh, revolved around all different kinds of stuff, uh, off-season, what spring training could look like. Uh, We talked a little bit about uh, leadership roles and uh, specifically what players uh, might fill in uh, with the absence of Jose Abreu. And uh, Scott Merkin had an article that we're going to get to that uh, talked a little bit about that as well, as did James uh, Feagan. You know, I talked to Connor about leaders, uh, the ones specifically, you know, that are going to be carrying Grafol's message. The ones maybe that Pedro Grafol says, hey, these guys are going to listen to you. You know, if you could set the tone, that would be very, very helpful. Connor still believes uh, in Tim Anderson, and I, I get that. Uh, completely understandable. Tim Anderson has kind of been the face of the Sox uh, in in that respect for the last several seasons, getting more uh, national attention. A lot of folks, uh, you know, will refer to Tim Anderson as kind of the straw that stirs the drink on the South Side, and uh, I don't know if I'm still believing in Tim Anderson in that way. Um, I don't know if he wants to be a leader. I don't know if he wants that. Uh, Maybe maybe a leader by his production, uh, obviously offensively, uh, but he's got to stay healthy to do that. Um, 
look, you know, two-time All-Star, started the All-Star game uh, in the shortstop position, of course, this past year. Will players listen to him? I mean, I you can make a case that they will, you know, but I, so I, something about him does not give off that vibe of, of him being super vocal and getting players to fall in line uh, and listen to the message, uh, you know, as they're trying to go together as one uh, into 2023. I don't know. I could be very, very wrong. Uh, I know there have been other players that have spoken up, uh, namely Yasmani Grandal this past off season that have talked about how bad it hurt when Tim Anderson went down and the team just almost, you know, lost a sense of direction. Uh, so, I, hey, I, I still I still think Tim Anderson can fill that role. I sometimes wonder if he absolutely wants it. Um, in a recent Chicago Trib article by Lamont Pope, uh, this is what Aloy Jimenez had to say. It's going to be a little weird without Abreu, uh, but this is the business. We need to move forward and play with what we have. I, I think that's a simple yet effective message. You know, you can't worry about guys that are in, you know, different uniforms. We've done that as fans with Carlos Rodon. He's gone. And now Abreu, you know, he's going to be wearing a different uniform for a while. And there's been so many others. It's I'm worried about who's in a Chicago White Sox uniform uh, and, and what the Sox have to deal with. What do they have in front of them? And, and just simply the move forward uh, as one. Uh, easier said than done. Uh, in an article by James Fegan in The Athletic earlier this week, Fegan wrote, uh, when asked who steps up into the leadership void left by Jose Abreu's departure, Aloy Jimenez replied, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Uh, Fegan went further. Uh, while there are vocal veteran presence on the pitching side in Lance Lynn, Kendall Graveman, and Joe Kelly, a position group that largely failed to live up to the sum of its parts last season, needs to figure out a new hierarchy. In past years, Tim Anderson was a vocal leader before a quieter, injury-ravaged 2022 campaign. Andrew Benatendi comes in with a long-term commitment uh, to the team in a World Series ring on his finger. Jimenez and Luis Robert, who we're going to hear more about later in this episode, are entering a stage of their careers where their roles in carrying the team on the field should translate beyond it. Uh, it's fine if there's no answer now. This is a normal thing for teams to work out in spring training, uh, but this team hasn't overwhelmed the opposition with positional talent in the way that was anticipated for a couple of seasons now. So people are waiting on the answer. Uh, good stuff from James Fegan. That's a great article to, to read as a spring training approaches here. So somebody that is well respected within the clubhouse needs to be the guy that sets the tone based on what Griffol and the coaching staff will be preaching, especially when something goes wrong uh, and it always does throughout a long season. And this team faces adversity, just in my opinion there. Uh, Merkin, uh, Scott Merkin, beat writer uh, for the White Sox through MLB.com, uh, had a newsletter letter that came out recently. You might have received it uh, in your email inbox. And this is what Merkin said specifically about Tim Anderson, who he's high on still as well. Uh, challenged Anderson is a more driven Anderson, even by his usual lofty standards of competition. The shortstop is ready to take on the leadership reins of this team 
as in his eighth season, Anderson already understands the White Sox run through his energy and through his play. Uh, he was missed following his August 6th departure, uh, leading to season-ending su surgery on his left middle finger. Anderson has the capability to be a 20-home run, 20-stolen base producer for starters, and the White Sox should run more under new manager Pedro Grafol. I've heard great reports concerning Anderson's offseason work, and he should be primed for a big season. With one club option remaining in 2024, Anderson also is moving closer to that significant shortstop money we've seen run around the league over the past two offseasons. So maybe I'm wrong with doubting uh, Tim Anderson. I, there's just something in me that just gets a sense that maybe he doesn't want to be that guy. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, he doesn't have to be a player that calls out other players in the clubhouse. You know, that might not be healthy. Uh, lead by example. I mean, he definitely is, is forming the resume. Again, he's got to stay healthy. You know, uh, the Sox need someone to emerge that commands the respect based on how they perform and how they handle their business also got to stay on the field, got to stay healthy. Uh, there are many storylines revolving around this White Sox team, but a common thread tends to center on the culture that Pedro Grifol wants to create. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. Uh, we're through the holidays, and I know my goal was to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I've got the thing for you. You've got to try Built. Uh, with Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution, if that, of course, is still a thing. What makes Built Bars so good? Uh, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, that's right, real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box in the mail. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. And now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Uh, that's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Uh, walk up to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, uh, double chocolate or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and uh, churro. So predictions, uh, storylines, uh, they are out there and a lot of them. Uh, a lot of folks have them, uh, all different kinds of columnists, writers, pundits. Uh, uh, you know, we were we were talking uh, kind of win-loss total last week and, and some of the numbers that were floating around. And now it's really all about these major storylines. Uh, Lamont Pope uh, in the Tribune does a great job. Uh, he had he had some question storylines that he laid out recently. Uh, of course, Scott Merkin has got, you know, his newsletter and then and then he put stuff up on the uh, White Sox website. And then James Fegan uh, had something where he he put down seven or eight different storylines. And, and these were some that he uh, were, were focusing on. And, and they sound very similar. Uh, how will spring training look under Pedro Grifol and his staff? Uh, that seems to be a common thread. 
what will you know the identity be of this White Sox team? And I think that ties in uh, with the culture, of course. Uh, it could be certain players, but it also could be uh, you know a style of play. Uh, what's going to happen with Mike Clevenger? Uh, we should know a little bit more information uh, later this week. I think a decision has to be made uh, on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, regarding you know the the investigation that MLB has been uh, conducting. Is Michael Kopech ready to take the leap? We've talked a little bit of it on on this podcast. I think, man, Michael Kopech can really be the difference maker in this starting rotation uh, if he is all systems go and his knee has recovered, this should be a huge year for Michael Kopech. You know, if there are no inning restrictions and he can and he can start the season uh, healthy and fresh. Uh, what's on second? Of course, the big second base debate. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, obviously, I had that conversation with Connor. He, it, I got the impression, maybe I read into it, that there might be you know, an outside name. The Sox aren't done, but I think he was focusing more on, on another pitcher. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, Romy Gonzalez's job to lose. And uh, what would be interesting and maybe make things uh, complex is if Lenin Sosa had an unbelievable spring training. You know, tough to tell, uh, but in these little position battles, if things are relatively even, do you go with Romy Gonzalez because he's got, you know, some more time in, in, uh, in the big leagues, or do you go with youth and say, you know what, this is going to be our future anyways. Uh, we might as well just go with Lenin Sosa. So second base, obviously not, not the way we wanted it as fans at all, but this is what we're dealing with. Uh, let's make a deal. Uh, could there be uh, a contract extension? Fegan goes into detail uh, about, you know, several different players that were wrapped up young uh, by the White Sox. And it happened around this time in spring training. I remember specifically the Luis Robert, you know, situation. Will he start uh, in AAA or will he, you know, make the club? And, and there was that money given to him, you know, right away that answered that question happened to Aloy Jimenez, happened to Anderson way back when. So could someone like Giolito or Cease receive that type of extension? Could they give something to Anderson and just say, you know what? We know we've got an option for next year. We want you to be uh, in a White Sox uniform for life. Uh, it, maybe it could happen, uh, you know, in Arizona. Uh, who's got the ninth? Uh, that's an interesting storyline. A lot of people are, are, you know, scrambling to evaluate, assign, predict. And I don't know if that's going to ha- That might not happen for a while. Uh, I would love to have one closer. Like this is, this is who we have. It sounds like it might be committee, you know, but but maybe someone like Ronaldo Lopez, uh, maybe Kendall Graveman, they they win it outright. They have an amazing spring, and Grafol and his and his coaching staff decide to go with one arm uh, as the closer. And why should we believe? Uh, that's an interesting storyline that I think we've all been asking ourselves as fans. Some aren't, you know, you, you know those those fans, and I think there's a part of me that's still questioning, you know. You know, how much do I still believe in this in this hype of the hope for health and the return to accustomed levels? But again, that is what the front office is giving us as Chicago White Sox fans. So I'll, I'll you know, I'll take the bait. I'll, I'll buy into this right now, you know, until something happens where it all comes crumbling down and the lack of depth uh, and the lack of going out. Uh, and getting veterans at positions like right field and second base, and maybe even bolstering the pitching, 
uh, and the catching position uh, come back to bite this team. Again, I, I hope that's not the case. Uh, so why should we believe? Because of the potential. We're believing because if, if you know, four or five, maybe six of these guys can hit and not just have uh, career years, but get back to what they're uh, typically doing and stay healthy. Again, we've talked about it. If Robert and Jimenez can stay on the field, each of them play in 135 to 140 games, I can't imagine where this team is going to go. They're not going to be a 74 and 88 team, that's for sure. So that, that's that's why we believe. Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune had, had some similar uh, thoughts. He put them more out as questions instead of storylines. Uh, and there was a running theme here. And, and the theme, again, was what will be uh, emphasized during manager Pedro Grifol's first camp. Uh, you know, it was something that uh, Lamont Pope hit on, James Fegan hit on, Merkin uh, had an article uh, about it on whitesocks.com over the weekend. I read it, and it's the identity culture seemed to be what everybody is talking about. What will this first big league camp look like under Pedro Grifol, who's never managed before? From the beginning, his first press conference, he's been talking about communication, identity, culture. You know, got to set the tone, got to play together. He had some great quotes in this Merkin article. This is what Grafal had to say. You don't really describe culture. I share this with some of the staff members at one of the team meetings we had uh, recently. You have to understand really what culture looks like. You go to the ballpark, you see a team, and right away you are like, damn, that team is together. That team is fighting together. That team works hard. That's really what culture is. People from the outside look in and they are like, I want to be part of that team and with that organization. That's what we have to think about. We respect the game. We work hard. We care for each other. We don't have to hang out with each other off the field if we don't want to. If you want to, great. If you don't, you don't have to. But on the field, we are one. We are together. We are fighting together. Uh, we can't look at October baseball without playing game one, Grafol said. We can't look at game one without going through spring training. Let's just focus on what we need to do today. We're respecting each other, respecting the game, respecting the uniform, the fans. How does that happen? It happens with respect, hard work, care, love, that kind of stuff. Um he went on further, and Merkin made a point here. It seems like Luis Robert may step up to assist uh, Oscar Colas. Uh, Colas will enter spring training uh, with a chance to take the right field job as a rookie. Robert already has helped get the left-handed hitter ready. Uh, when a player gets involved in the development of another player and educating another player, that player gets that satisfaction that he is now invested into this young player's career. He feels like he's a part of that player's success, Grafol said. Uh, at the end of the year, every time they put a mic in somebody's face in October, they all say the same thing. We can go back and look at video. They all say the same thing. We are a family. We love each other. We work together. We fight together. It doesn't matter what sport. We have to be cognizant of that and understand that's a part of winning a championship, developing that type of culture. A lot of stuff there from Pedro uh, Grafol. You know, I like the sound of it. I, I, I like his mentality of 
we can't worry about October right now. You know, you we have to we have to focus on what we need to do here. These these little battles, you know, the game within the game, the preparedness, like figuring that out in Arizona, staying present, uh, the mindfulness uh, of the little things that you need to do, and everybody, you know, checking in, making sure we're all on the same page, and then. Uh, heading into Houston and dealing with that, you know, one at a time, this, this mentality of like, well, we gotta, you know, we gotta prepare for October. You do, but, but stay focused in what you're doing. You know, like, don't worry too much about October right now. The urgency is right here, you know, and then it's going to be in March and April games, which are just important, you know? So I, I like that. I always have from what Pedro Grafol has said. So Interesting stuff from that Merkin article. Again, will players buy into uh, that type of stuff, though, that hype? Uh, putting egos aside, individual stuff aside, I think there has to be some bonding between players. I think it is important. Of course, they're not going to be each other's best friends, uh, but the working together and fighting together that Pedro Grafol talked about, I think, is absolutely critical. Position players can still come into a game uh, to pitch, but there are some rules about that. And the dreaded extra innings rule uh, lives to see another season. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Uh, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 uh, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel uh, even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba rules rules more rules mlb clarified uh some extra inning stuff here uh mlb's joint competition committee has voted uh unanimously to make the extra inning rule permanent uh, for all regular season games moving forward, uh, 2023 and beyond, a runner will be placed at second base at the start of every extra inning. Personally, I, I do not care for this rule. I know I'm not alone. I get and I understand why it, uh, it takes place uh, to avoid those 17, 18, 19 inning games, but I don't like it happening uh, immediately in the extra innings. I wish maybe they were allowed to play the 10th inning, normal baseball, and then maybe the 11th. Uh, if you're going to go this route with the ghost runner, uh, just to limit arms and you know save us from these 18 inning games, I guess. I don't mind the 18 inning game. I know I'm in the minority with that these days. Uh, so I understand why they're doing it. I just don't like it. Uh, the White Sox you know, specifically, they did not have the mentality uh, or capability to be successful in extra inning games last year. Uh, the runner on second, you know, you can look at it as small ball when you're on the road. It's like, look, I got to get at least one run in. 
And the Sox did not do a good job at all of advancing runners and, and hitting with urgency, having productive outs. So, of course, the extra innings was a disaster. I, I, I hated when that came around for the White Sox. Home team, you know, seemed to have an advantage because you, you knew what you needed to score to win, if that made sense. As the road team, you know, you're – you're kind of you want to get as many as possible, but re you really just need to get one run in. So there seems to be a focus on small ball, you know, getting a guy over to third and then trying to get that run in somehow, some way. So you at least have one to show for it. Uh, you know, when you're the home team, now you know it's like, okay, I can tie this up with one and then win it with two. I just feel like a home team has an edge in that respect. I don't like the extra inning rule, but it but it's here. Um, another rule uh, regarding position players pitching, uh, a position player may pitch uh, in the game if the game is in extra innings, uh, in the ninth inning when trailing by eight or more, uh, in the ninth inning when leading by 10 or more. So nobody really likes to see a position player in a game. Uh, I, I guess is if, if your team is up, but even then it's just like, why are we still playing? Why not just have almost a... Uh, a slaughter rule at that, at that point, a mercy rule. Like, you know what? We're up by 12. Uh, it's past the seventh inning. And then that way, maybe a coach, an opposing coach manager can say, you know what? Yeah, we're done with this game. We're going to give you this game. Th that would be an interesting tweak to that. Uh, but you've seen great comebacks, you know? And, and I think, what do you do with the fans in that respect? It's like, Hey, wait a minute. I paid for a whole game. You're just going to stop the game with two or three innings to spare. I, Look, I just don't get like the rule. If, if you want to put in a position player to pitch, just expect that, you know, a team is going to bang them around, you know, offensively. And, and there shouldn't be any hurt feelings with that. Uh, so now there are these specific rules in terms of position players. Hopefully the Sox don't get into any of these situations where they're going to have to look at the rules and, and unless they're leading uh, by 10. And I hope that happens uh, multiple times this year, early too. April and May would be, would be outstanding. Uh, folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. Uh, you can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are like 10 subscribers away from hitting that magical 1,000 mark. Uh, and get your questions in for next week's uh, mailbag uh, and for uh, Wednesday's mailbag uh, as well. Uh, if I can't get to it on Wednesday, I can always go the following week, uh, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Now make your second listen, uh, Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB Stars of Tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up in the next episode, I'll open up the mailbag and get to some comments predictions, questions, whatever is available. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski, and until next time, go Sox!